Bayshore. And this is our podcast, The Netflix Movie Club. And the idea behind this is that everybody has Netflix. All college students have access to a Netflix account of some kind, but we can't we can't all make it out to the movies. So we're going to discuss, you know, the best of Netflix, the worst of Netflix, and we're just going to delve into some movies that, like, everybody has access to. And so for our first movie, uh, we chose the 2011 movie Bernie, starring Jack Black and Matthew McConaughey. And Noah, you know, starting out, what are just, like, your general thoughts on it? I wasn't a huge fan of it. Why not? Uh, I know it was supposed to be, like, a dramedy, but it just didn't really do it for me. Like, none of the like comedic points where like it was like trying to evoke you know laughter like it didn't like nothing really you know got me like, i can see that i i didn't think of it as a dramedy but i guess it could be considered that way i thought of it more of like the dark comedy yeah which i also thought was interesting because one of the first lines in the movie is you cannot have grief tragically becoming comedy and that's from when jack black is like preparing the body for the class i thought it was like really interesting like almost a fourth wall break or something like that because it is a dark comedy and i just thought that was really interesting but i did uh enjoy it at least to you know some extent i wasn't like shawshank redemption or anything it's not going to win any awards like that oh for sure but uh it was enjoyable i out of 10 i'll probably give it like a seven i mean it had really solid stuff but, you know, like I said, it wasn't like some Oscar-winning, amazing amazing film. What would you give out of 10? If I, Out of 10, I would say, like, 6. Like, it's not, like, it wasn't awful. It's just, like, it wasn't something that I was like, you know, this is so great. I love that. Something else I thought was interesting about the movie is that it is a dark comedy. And it's, for the most part, you know, it's Jack Black. And so it's, you know, light and funny. And then they had, like, really... Um, intense shots. They have one in the beginning that was not really intense, but it was gross, where they where he was preparing the body, and they had all the shots of like gluing the eyelid shut. Yeah, that glu- was. Oh, and I I like didn't know they did that. I don't know if that's accurate. I didn't know they did that in me you know, neither. Yeah, and the mouth shut, and then he was like trimming the hair and the ears, and I was like, this is not what I was expecting, and it's kind of gross. And then they had other shots later on, um, after out in front of the school. Where oh yeah, that was with the dead bodies, and I was like, "This is really like this is a PG thirteen movie. Why is there this much blood?" Like, yeah, that was, yeah, it was super yeah. gory. I was like totally not expecting that at all, and so yeah, it kind of caught me off guard. And I also thought it was interesting how all the students that were out front and stuff were like, everyone was just like, they weren't like shocked at oh, all. Oh no, yeah, like it didn't seem like anyone was like tearing up or anything. Yeah, and then what did the what did the principal say? He said something like, "This is what happens if you drink and drive." Yeah, like he was trying to make an example out of like this display of like dead classmates. Mm-hmm. And oh. but overall, I think Jack Black definitely carried the movie. Oh, for sure. And I, I don't, think so too. It, you know, it is like like you said, kind of a drama. So there's like definitely real parts to like you would expect it to have like a strong story, and it does have like a story. But I feel like for the most part, it was definitely carried by. Jack Black's um, character's personality, Bernie. I feel like it was definitely carried by his quirkiness and his friendliness and stuff like that. And I thought that was really, really interesting and that they went that way, considering this actually is a true story. Yeah. Uh, Actually, throughout the entire thing, like, as you know, like there's uh, sort of like commentary from residents of the town. And apparently these are actually people who are real residents of the town that like saw this whole crazy murder scheme play out before them 
Yeah, I, I actually read that too. It was interesting how much they actually the film got praised for its accuracy. And yeah, I thought that was really interesting that they threw yeah, real people and that was like their real opinions on it. I think for the most part, I think that was really interesting and really creative on uh, Linklater's part, who was the director. Um, for me, to an extent, like part of the reason why I wasn't huge on it was because I kind of felt like those, you know, parts where they cut to like a person, like a, a town person, like talking about stuff. Like to me, that kind of like overshadowed like the main story it kind of really took me out of it it i don't know i could definitely see that but i actually did like those i mean it was a movie it wasn't shot like a mockumentary or anything like that but i thought that that made it more realistic and i also thought that it was interesting that every interview was with somebody that loved him like so it was like almost yeah. a bias against him or like for him already so i thought that was super interesting um but yeah apparently in the act, because it was this is a real story, and apparently, the one of the inaccuracies that kind of was that in the movie everybody loved him, like they were like give him a, a like a soft sentence, don't go too hard on him, and all that stuff. But apparently, for the most part, in real life, it was pretty divisive. It wasn't as like hard cut. Everybody loves him. Really, it was like half the people were like no mercy, and half the people were like he shouldn't go to jail at all. She was a terrible lady. And I thought that was kind of interesting, is that they changed that. Um, I wonder if, to an extent, they changed it because they wanna, wanted to sort of do, like, a maybe, like, a social commentary yeah. on, like, how religion affects, like, towns like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also feel like not having it... I feel like that, even though it was a dark comedy, I feel like that kind of made it remove the, like, super dark portions of it. So, like, it wasn't, like... You know, it was accurate, but it wasn't, like, realistic. And I feel like that kind of helped with that. Um, one of my gripes with the movie is that the old lady, Marjorie, it starts out by introducing her as, like, uh, super mean and haggy. Yeah. And then she meets Bernie, and they become, like, friends, and she's nice. And you're like, okay, well, maybe she was just, like, a lonely old lady. And then, like, halfway through the movie... She becomes super evil again. Yeah. And I didn't know what that was about, if I missed something or what that was. But I was really taken aback by that. Maybe, I think they were trying to say, like, she's kind of always like this. But, like, she kind of put that on, put on that, like, uh, persona for Bernie to kind of, like... To reel him, get him in. Yeah, to reel him in, to get him on her side. So where, like, she could put him in a position where, like, he is dependent on her. And then he just she just goes back to, like... How she normally is. I could see that. So that actually brings up another question I had about the movie. Do you think that he had this plan all along to, like, kind of bring her in and then, like, kill her and then have all of her money and then do whatever he wanted with it? Or do you think that was, like, strictly heat of the moment, he killed her, and then he's like, whoops, I don't, I gotta live with this now? Towards, like, the whole beginning part of it, that's kind of what I was thinking, that this whole thing was intentional for him to get her uh, money and stuff, because, like, she put him in his will, put him in her will, and, uh, but, like, when he actually killed her, and then the aftermath, the whole trial thing, the way he acted, I, I don't think it was intentional, like, I mean, obviously it was intentional because he killed her, but, mm -hmm. like, I don't think he had this all planned out from the beginning, it just didn't strike me like that, at least, like, that's how it came across with, uh, Zach, Jack Black's performance. Mm -hmm. And actually, something interesting about this is that this movie was made in 2011, and the real Bernie Tita 
still alive. Yeah, and the uh, case or the movie actually reopened the case, and he was released on. I want to say it was ten thousand dollar bail um, for just for a little while until they resentenced him. But one of the conditions of it was that he had to live in Linklater's garage. Really. And so he lived in the director's garage for about two years, and then he was resentenced in actually April, I think, of this year, twenty sixteen. So it was super recent. Uh, but he had to live in his garage, and he lived there for two years, and then they resentenced him, and he got another life sentence again. Um, so he didn't get off scot-free or anything like that. But I thought that was interesting that the movie actually prompted the case to be reopened. And they actually said that it was – the bail was opened because um, there was reason – or like he was open to resentencing because there was reason to believe that he was – that was premeditated actually. Hmm. And that, yeah, he actually planned to kill her all along. Like there was evidence. And so how they got him to get out though in the first place with – you know, kind of a low bail for a murder, I think, um, was that he claimed, and I guess maybe they had some kind of proof of this or something, that he was, uh, that the actual guy, Bernie Tiedet, was sexually abused as a child. Wow. And that he was in a dissociative uh, state, like a fugue state or something, which I thought was interesting because he definitely, I don't know, he didn't seem disturbed or anything, but I guess you clearly can't paint a picture of, like, people that have been abused or anything like that. But he didn't, he seemed like a very normal person. Yeah. And then they actually, if you know, at the end, they had the credits of the real guy in there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he, you know, I, you know, you can't really assume it just by someone's look, but definitely not someone I would have assumed would uh, murder. No, like, he didn't look like a murderer in the same way that, you know, Jack Black doesn't look like a, he would, like, murder yeah. someone. So it was perfect, perfect casting on that part. Yes. Actually, I'm going back to it not winning awards. People love Jack Black's performance so much that they actually believe that he got snubbed at, at the Oscars for not getting a uh, a nomination a nomination for best actor, which I thought it was I good. Th- yeah, but I don't know if it was Oscar worthy. I think so too. Sure. Like I think this is like I I, w- I wasn't huge on the movie, but I think this is like one of the better performances he's had. Yeah, in and actually, movies. this was him coming right off of um, I feel like what was it called uh. The Big Year and uh, Gulliver's Travels, which were, were really not great. Yeah. And so it was kind of, yeah, it was a redemption performance by him. And I thought that, you know, it did work really well. I also thought it was really interesting how Jack Black used his character. Because I feel like, you know, Linklater does kind of like Jack Black. He was in a few of his movies. I know he was for sure in School of Rock, which, he, you know, which Linklater also directed. Um, but I feel like if it was this kind of character, almost felt like, a Zach Galifianakis type of character. Yeah. Like, the way his voice was and the way he carried himself and the way he dressed. I don't know if you saw the campaign, which came out a year later, in 2012, but it felt it like exactly like Gal- yeah. Zach Galifianakis in that movie. It was super interesting to me um, that he kind of... Like his mannerisms and just, like, the yeah. way he talked a little bit. So, did you... You didn't like the movie, but was there anything that, like, surprised you or, like, what part did you like the most? Hmm. Well, I guess maybe like the opening part where like he was working on the body and that whole process because like I had never known that that was, you know, that that was a thing really. Mm-hmm. Like that that's like what had had to happen like, in the preparations. Yeah, my biggest that was pretty surprising. I didn't. Or that was like a learning. And that was low key grossed out. But like I it, was, it was really grossed out. Was I actually wrote that down. <laughs> um, something 
that surprised me though. Even though like he's in a lot of Linklater's films, I was really surprised to see Matthew McConaughey in it, considering this wasn't like a blockbuster film or something that yeah. even went to, had like a wide release. Like, uh, if it you had to guess w- the budget for the film, what would you think it was? Not very high. It was six million, and it only made really? ten point one million dollars. So it's very interesting that like Matthew McConaughey was in this because I would consider him like an A-list actor, and this was definitely not like an A-list film by any means. What I was gonna say is like I was kind of surprised how little Matthew McConaughey was even in the movie. It just didn't seem like I mean, given his star power, mm-hmm. like it was they, just they would think that he would put him yeah, like front exactly. and center, front and center. But he like, definitely after his first interview. Uh, his like fake interview which was like I want to say like 20 minutes in or so maybe yeah. a little later he was definitely in it more and then after like Bernie got caught he was definitely in it more but yeah. the whole trial and everything I thought that but he, I guess he also has kind of a tendency to not play front center in movies and still do like an amazing job like I don't know if you saw The Wolf of Wall Street yes uh, he was in that but only for like a, a small bit. portion but it was very memorable the whole yeah. no chest pounding scene and I thought that, yeah, I thought it was really interesting that they did that as well. Uh, but this was actually, I was going to say, this is Linklater, even though it did get, like, a lot of attention, a lot of people really, really liked it, uh, it actually is one of his, like, lower recognized, I want to say, or uh, critically recognized films, because, like, he's directed Dazed and Confused, which was, like, it's, a, like, a really big movie. Uh, he directed Before Sunrise, which is in the top 250 movies of all time. He directed School of Rock, which every pretty everybody much everybody has School seen. Rock, yeah. uh, he did Before Sunset, which is also in, also in the top 250, and it won an Oscar. He directed Before Midnight, which won an Oscar, and he directed Boyhood a couple years ago, which also oh, won really? an Oscar. Oh, really? He did Boyhood? Yeah, I didn't know that either. I didn't really know much about him. But, yeah, he's got, like, a lot of big movies, and I thought that was interesting that this one, like, Boyhood had a pretty wide release, and, like, School of Rock and all these movies are like really big movies. I think it's interesting that such like a big director, he didn't have like a huge, it wasn't like a huge movie. Yeah, it just flew. I honestly like hadn't heard of it until like maybe like like a year ago, but I, this is, it's been so long since I heard of it, but like now I'm finally watching it. And it seems like that's the case apparently with everyone. Like this one really flew underneath the radar. Yeah. And uh, I was going to say something else. Oh, yes. So. Was we're talking about the premeditated thing that was potentially he may it may have been premeditated and at least Jack Black's portrayal, portrayal didn't make it feel that way. Um, but another question I was thinking of was that considering it was premeditated, you know, he was doing all these nice things for literally like everybody in town, everybody loved him. Do you think that that was his goal and that he was manipulating people so that when or if he got caught, he would kind of have the people on his side? I think that very well could be the case, just because, but it's like also at the same time, it's hard to picture that given Jack Black's performance, but also you could totally see that. Yeah, people were actually saying that that he was manipulating them, that it was premeditated, and that the way he was so normal and friendly was actually like super sociopathic, because he like behaved like a normal person, he was super nice to everybody, and then like he's got like this deep evil inside of him. So I thought, yeah, I thought that was an interesting look. I didn't really think about it the whole time. Like, if I would have saw that whole movie and didn't look at anything else, I would have thought that, like, you know, he's just, like, some I would nice have probably, yeah, probably, like, pitied him. Like, oh, he's going to prison? I mean, she was a mean old lady. But you're, like, you're thinking about, like, he did commit a murder. Yeah. Regardless of whether she deserved it or not. 
Um, so he did. I kind of end with uh, Matthew McConaughey's performance as the DA who was like hard hitting. Like he I think did so kill an old lady, the even if she was horrible. Exactly. She, the whole time I was thinking, why are all these old people like, oh, he's not a bad guy, and like he he killed someone. He straight up murdered her. Yeah, I don't know how much they said he spent in the movie, but in real life, they said he spent about $600,000 worth of her really? money. And I feel like once they took him in and they had to, like, give all that money back, I feel like that was also, like, not good for the police yeah. and the whole government, you know, thing. Because then not only are they like, wow, they're putting Bernie away. He's such a nice guy. They're also like, also, they're taking away my business and stuff. So I feel like... If it was, if he was manipulating them, and if this was premeditated, this was really he, well he thought had out. like a really well yeah. thought out plan. So I thought that, yeah, that was like super interesting uh, that he did that. There's like so much deeper stuff in it that I didn't even think about. But yeah, you gave it a six, I gave it a seven. Um, other like aggregates and stuff actually rated it, you know, similarly. I want you to try to guess what Rotten Tomatoes, who is like known for being like kind of harsh on movies, what do you think that they uh, rated this? Maybe like in the mid seventies. The critic uh, counter or whatever is ninety percent. Oh really? It was certified huh. fresh by quite a bit. That's a really high score. Okay. That's something, you know. Like I was saying, it was a good movie, but I wouldn't say it was that good. But it said it was 90% by critics with an average score of 7.5 out of 10. So the, even though the scores were like kind of in line with us, they were like a little bit higher, you know, it did it did kind of fall in line. And then Metacritic, 75 out of 100, which is in line. And IMDb gave it a 6.8 out of 10. And then Roger Ebert gave it a 3.5 out of 4. And so I thought that was interesting that it was like, you know, we did say it was a good movie, but like that's... That seems very high. Yeah. So, you know, going back, highlighting some things, what was the part you said, what did you say your favorite part was? Your, its strongest feature? Well, I said that, like, I was, you know, you know, surprised and interested about the opening scene with the whole process mm-hmm. with the, the bodies and stuff. But for me, like, I don't know why this, like, this is my favorite part, but it was, like, towards the end when the police are going after him. And he's like in some restaurant talking to a bunch of. I really like of, that scene too. Yeah, of baseball kids, mm-hmm. and like he's like giving them this like motivational speech, and the police walk in, they're like, "We want to talk to you," and he's like, "Right now, believe in your dreams, kids." <laughs> and he just like he drops yeah, the money on exactly. the table and is like, "Buy yourself some ice cream." <laughs> and it's like I think it was like a couple hundred dollar bills. Like they're like, "Okay." <laughs> no, so yeah, that was my favorite part. Or strongest thing was definitely Jack Black. I'm a big fan of Jack Black. I think he does like I like his quirky and fun performances, and I thought this is definitely, definitely even though it wasn't a huge movie, like we said, it's definitely like a highlight of his career or one of the highlights of his career. Considering like, like all the other stuff he's been putting because out, because he's been in some great stuff, like we said, you know, School of Rock, yeah, but and just, stuff like that. But this one was definitely like a really good live action movie after coming off of the other you know live action movies that he did were that were really forgettable. Uh, so then, what was your least favorite thing about the movie, or its weakest part? My least favorite part was all the uh, interviews with the residents of oh, the town. Just that was your least it, favorite, even yeah. That like, was I know, I know. Like it's weird, but like to me, it just slightly took away from like the main story. It just took me out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was interesting, but also it's just like it kind of like bugged me as it was continuing on. I feel like okay, I can get with that. It did kind of take it out, and I feel like. The interview was, even though it, it, I don't want to say it was like this because it didn't have like 
any of the similar elements kind of like of interviews it kind of felt like a napoleon dynamite type of scene yeah even though like the, that like, awkward yeah like yeah definitely the awkward stuff but i did like the interviews i thought it was super interesting but i thought if, i think if they're gonna go for like that like i don't know what vibe that is but if they want to go for that vibe that they could have gone like more in i guess like i feel so? like the interviews like if they were going for the napoleon dynamite whatever that vibe is and they have the interviews which kind of highlight the point and they have Bernie who kind of highlights that point they could have done a little more uh, maybe cinema cinematographically or however you want to <laughs> say that um, they could have done a little bit more with like angles and kind of stuff like that but I did feel like overall it, had, it was kind of like a solid mid-ground in between, in between being like super crazy and quirky and stuff like that and being like just a normal movie so yeah, my least favorite part, which we talked about, was that was the Marjorie flip out, and also, even though like he is the law, and I did like that um, he kind of stuck to his guns and stuck to the law. Matthew McConaughey, when he was like, excuse me, defending uh, Bernie, I kind of felt like that was also kind of a 180, because like the whole time, all the interviews are like he's great, he's great. Even like the DA Matthew McConaughey is like he's great, uh, and then in the end he's like. As soon as he finds out he did a crime, he did a 180, and I feel like that was kind of weird that it wasn't like any doubt in his mind. He was like immediately like, well, all in. I feel like, and also I with Lloyd, that. also with Lloyd, the stockbroker, I think that he was like such an annoying character because he wanted to get so involved in her business, and then for some reason he was like suddenly super interested in. Uh, in Marjorie, and it's almost like, was he actually concerned about her, or was it because all the money stopped? I feel like, and with both characters, they both did those things for, like, their own gain. Like, the DA was interested in, like, this big, huge case, because, like, if he puts this guy away, he's gonna be even more, you know, famous than he is, and then with the, uh, the stockbroker, is that? I think that's what he was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what he was. Uh, like, I think he just definitely was in it for the money, like, full on. I could, I, yeah, I could buy that, especially considering how rich she was portrayed to yeah. be. I don't know what they said, how much, how rich she was in the movie, but in real life, I believe they said her estate was valued at about $5 million. Oh, wow. So she had quite a bit of money. And also, actually, this just made me think of it, too, about the stockbroker, is that early, one of the earlier scenes in the movie when Marjorie and uh, Bernie are, like, friends, and he starts dealing with her finances... Like, with the stockbroker, maybe that could have been a tip that maybe it was kind of premeditated or that he did plan on taking over all of her assets. Maybe he didn't plan to kill her, but he did plan to, like, take all of her money. And maybe since she was old, he was thinking maybe she'll die yeah, soon. Yeah. And so, maybe that actually, I didn't even think about that, but I thought about it now. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe he didn't realize that she would, you know, end up being <laughs> so, so mean to him. Well, I or mean that. that. And end up being so mean to him because, like, he was, like, saying, like, she was very controlling and, you know, all that. So, like... Maybe his goal was to, it's super morbid, like, to wait it out. Yeah, I, I, but I would guess, believe like, it. Yeah. Which then touches on the sociopathic thing, because exactly. he was, like, super nice and everything. I don't know, I would buy it. So, yeah, final thoughts. I think it was a solid movie. I, def, I, I still stick with my 7 out of 10. It wasn't, like, amazing. I don't know if Jack Black should have gotten nominated for an Oscar. I think that what it got was pretty much what it got. Um, I probably wouldn't see it again, but it was, you know, it was solid. What are your final thoughts? I was... It definitely wasn't at all what I was expecting. I was, like, kind of, like, you know, disappointed with it. Mm. I think I'll go back and rewatch it eventually, maybe, because I had this whole other preconceived idea of what this movie was going to be. Like, it just, you know, messed it up for me, maybe. If I go back to it and rewatch it, I'll, you know, like it more. 
but that's where I'm at. Do you want to talk about stuff that is new to Netflix in October? Because it is September 30th, and there is quite a bit of stuff coming out in the near future. Yes, that'll be cool. Uh, so actually, sticking with uh, Linklater, Dazed and Confused is coming out sometime this month, uh, which I've actually never seen. Same. But, you know, I did the direction. I don't know if the weakest points were in direction uh, of Bernie, but, so I, I'm definitely interested in seeing how Dazed and Confused is, especially considering how highly revered it is. Um, also, uh, Titanic is coming out on Netflix. Ferris uh, Bueller's Day Off is coming back. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Black Mirror season three, which oh man, Black Mirror, that's a good I, show. I we watched the one episode and that was really interesting, very Twilight Zone ass. But I, I now that they have put more of it on there, maybe I'll finally watch it. It's a it. real good show. Like if you are to watch like anything, if you like science fiction, because like it's basically like a modern version of Twilight Zone. It's like how technology affects people. It could be like, you know, slightly like you know, modern, but like you know with like because there is like a couple episodes where it's like basically modern day. But there are other ones where it's like pretty much like a dystopian reality. So it really varies, but it's really interesting. We'll have to, we'll have to like go more in depth oh, if we sure. do another episode on it. Uh, yeah, so other stuff coming out, uh, a documentary called The 13th about prisons, which is already getting super high praise from you know people that have seen it before. Um, people are expecting it to get an Oscar nod at least. Hmm. Other stuff coming out, some stuff that nobody I don't know anybody that watches uh, Murder Map Season 2 uh, Unsealed Alien Files Season 4 Ooh, Alien Files uh, Ameri- I have no idea what that is the, yeah, the, <laughs> I have never seen it I just know the alien guy from History Channel oh, and I feel like it? maybe that's it oh, but I, I hope he's it. in it he's good uh, I, that's October 1st October 4th we got the next season or the last season of American Horror Story the hotel one. Oh boy October 5th Arrow Season 4 October 6th Excuse me. October sixth, I Zombie season two. Uh, October seventh, The Ranch season one. That's just season one. I feel like wasn't The Ranch already on there? I, th- I think so. Maybe that means season two. That might have been eh. a mistake. Uh, Supernatural season eleven. Uh, that's all. October seventh, October eighth, The Originals and Vampire Diaries uh, season three and season eleven. October 10th, Kuro Mukuro, which I've never heard of. Is that like an anime or something? It sounds like it, but I also think it could be like a kid show. Okay. I'm not really sure. It's we'll season see. two, though, so there's already a season now. Uh, October 13th, Legends of Tomorrow season one. Oh, man. October 14th, Haters Back Off, Project MC2. And I'll skip around because I don't know if anybody actually watches any half this stuff. Um, we got uh, Movies, Cinderella Story 2004. Which, oh. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a classic. Have you really not? Have you seen it? No, yeah, I've seen it. It's good. I mean, if you like that sort of thing. What's, that, what's her name? Uh, uh, oh, shoot. I can't think she of her name. She was in Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of her name. Anyways, I really like that movie, actually. I, yeah. It's I, decent. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, 1961. Um, yeah, there's a whole lot of interesting... You want to watch My Little Pony, that's coming. If, yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, that's, that's going to be on there. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in the West, which is actually one of the, I believe it's in the top five highest rated movies of all time. Hmm. So I'll have to watch that. And then there's some other stuff coming out, like Without a Paddle, and there's a lot of like, uh, you know, very B movies and stuff, which is stuff that I would really like to talk about. That because would be... I feel like the mainstream movies are definitely something that gets kind of bludgeoned to death because everybody talks about it. So our idea is that we'll mostly focus on indie movies or like you know 
not as highly known movies on Netflix in the future. Uh, and if you ha- so if you have any recommendations, uh, my Twitter is at real odd Thomas and you can email, you can tweet me any recommendations you have. We're thinking uh, next week we're gonna do Turbo Kid. Yeah, Turbo next Kid. Next time, which is about post-apocalyptic it or it sounds dystopian. like a Mad Max like spoof type of thing, and it seems interesting. It's probably gonna be ridiculous, but it definitely looks ridi- ridiculous. Here, I'll pull up the. Uh, I think this is it. Uh, yeah, it, in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, a comic book fan dons the persona of his favorite hero to save his enthusiastic friend and fight a tyrannical overlord. Ooh. And actually, it has <coughs> at least decent ratings. So that is what we're planning on watching for next time. Uh, so if you want to watch that with us and then stay, you can like kind of participate in discussion or thoughts. You can tweet them at us. What's with, your uh, It is at Noah Bayshore. Bayshore spelled B-A-S-H-O-R-E. We're thinking of maybe eventually making a uh, Netflix movie club Twitter page, possibly. Yes, in the future. So if that's going to happen, we'll let you know. Uh, Yep, so I am Tom DeLore. And I'm Noah Bayshore. And this was the Netflix Movie Club. Thanks for listening. Thank you.